right, buddy. So listen, this is uh, the Laugh, Lend, and Eat show. So I appreciate uh, my buddy Josh being on here. Josh Pitts, the founder of Shred Media, logged in live from Utah, right? From Utah, man. Sunny. It's actually a beautiful February day. It's cold, a little bit cold being up here in the mountains of Utah, but beautiful day. Can't complain at all. Are you like isolated in Utah or where, I mean, are you near civilization? (laughs) So I'm actually in a really cool place. And if you want to Google it, it's called Wallsburg, Utah. It's a very, very small town. Most Utahns don't even know where it's at, but Uh it's actually in between two really big cities. It's in between Park City and Provo. Um, but it's just kind of, yeah, it's kind of off. It's not like, it's not one of your main cities by any means. And uh, I moved up here just to be out of the the smog and the nasty air down in Salt Lake. So we live up in the high mountain altitudes. Uh, we're at about 6,900 feet is what our elevation is. So yeah, we, so, but, uh, yeah, but, and honestly, dude, I'm just, I'm humbled and honored to be here with you today on your show. I'm super excited. So yeah, excited to get into it. We just launched this Laugh, Lend, and Eat podcast uh, with my new company. And so we put together a list, Josh, believe it or not. I mean, I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass or anything, but just you were in the top 10. I was like, dude, if I'm going to start this thing, I got to have Josh Pitts from Shred Media on here because, you know, if you're going to collaborate in the community, if you're going to create content, I don't know anybody better at doing that than this guy that I've been seeing for the past year, two years, I don't know how long it's been, but you know, so we're going to, we're going to come back to that. But listen, I found a picture of you. Okay. I did, I did, I do my research, by the way, you got to know that. Talk to nice. Right. So I found a picture of you with the suit and tie on, on Zillow. Probably. I was going to say on Zillow, I'm not updated Zillow in so long. You probably did find a picture of a suit and tie. I was like, oh my gosh, you know what I mean? Because there he is with the suit and tie on. So you were a loan, I didn't know you had, you were a loan officer at one time. Yeah, what's, what's, this is so funny because so many people, so I was actually at a local event here in Utah and so many people know me for Shred because my, my brand has become so much bigger, but people just think Shred is like, that's what I've done forever. And, and the, the reality is I've only been doing Shred for a year now. Um, but yeah, my background is in mortgage. Like that's, I was a loan officer. I've been doing, was in a loan, was a loan officer for 10 years, owned a mortgage wow. company here in Utah. One of the biggest mortgage brokerages in the state. Um, me and my partner own that. And, uh, yeah, my background is all about mortgage. So that's, yes, I was yeah, a so loan officer. I was like doing all this thing. I was like trying to find out who Josh Pitts is and what we can dive into. And I was like, okay, so there's Josh with a suit and tie on posing yep. for Zillow. Yep. Right, trying to get some business and being a loan officer. I was like, my man. <laughs> there, there you go. What's What's crazy, dude, is I'm still licensed loan officer. Like to this day, like I, I'll always keep my license just because sure. I think it's something that I I don't want to say a fallback. I don't. I hope I, don't, I never have to fall back on that. It's not a fallback, but I enjoy. It. I loved it. I got to help you know thousands of people buy homes, refinance, and uh, yeah. But that's funny. I, I I would assume it's probably in the last five years, I've only taken, I think one picture in a suit and a tie. So I'm pretty sure it's like my green tie picture. I think I know the picture you're talking about. So yeah, you can find, if you go look, if you clearly, if you do your research and your due diligence, you can definitely find anything. <laughs> so listen, when you got into mortgages, I mean, was that your first gig out of like college or was that something that you thought about doing? I mean, walk me through what the mindset, because look, my thing was all my life. I wanted to be a rock star nice. I up in the mortgage business, right? 26 years ago. Uh, so, I mean, it's like th- that's something you don't really dream about becoming in the mortgage business, right? So walk no. me through what your mindset was. Yeah. So it's so funny because I'm exactly, I didn't want to be a rock star. I actually want to be a doctor though. Like I, 
uh, I did pretty good in high school and my dad's dream for me too was always to like go to medical school, become a doctor. And so I, that's actually what I was doing at young age. I was actually going to the university of Utah here. And it's funny cause I tell this story and uh, I was actually sitting in a cadaver class. If you know what a cadaver is, it's yeah. a dead body. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was sitting in a class, uh, sitting in a cadaver class and you know, I, I'm not squeamish. Like I love the class, but I was sitting there and I'm like, I can't do eight more years of this. Like there's no, there's no, I just, with my ADD and everything, I'm like, I'm out. So actually I left school. I quit that day. didn't go back. Uh, I got a job in medical sales for a very short time. Um, and then right after that, I didn't love the medical sales world real quick, made a transition over to into the PCI compliance for all you nerds out there. Anybody knows what PCI compliance is for a very short time. And then one of my good buddies, um, he actually's like, Hey, you know, you're, you're pretty good at marketing from what I understand, which I had no, no background in marketing at all. Like I just, for some reason he thought I was good at marketing. He's like, Hey, I think you'd be good at a loan as a loan officer. I own a mortgage company. Like, do you want to come help me out? Like help me grow our brand and stuff. And I'm like, sure. Like, so I, so I go over there and I actually started as a junior LO. Like that's where, that's where I got my start in the nice. business. And he was, he actually, for all those who remember like loan bright leads and like, just, I was dialing yeah. loan bright leads, like pages and pages of loan bright leads yeah. and uh helping him and his company grow their brand and and what's funny is as i got in there i was i saw all these loan officers this was like in 08 like right before the crash nine oh nine and during the crash and i saw all these los making good money and i was being paid peanuts and i'm like what the crap like if these guys can make all this money like they're not they're not smarter than me like <laughs> i can definitely do this so next thing you know i got my, my license and was an lo shortly thereafter and and uh, why I stuck and stayed, I mean, I got into it literally for the money. I was like, I can make money doing this. But uh, my very first transaction, this is absolutely real, true story. Mm -hmm. My very first transaction that I closed by myself, like as in the licensed LO, um, was a friend from high school, him and his wife. They literally were going through a bank that's not even in business anymore. Um, and they were getting just jerked around like they... They sent me a copy of their back then. It's not the loan estimate anymore. I can't even remember what it was called back then. But uh, the fifth estimate. Yeah, GFE. I was like, what is the GFE? <laughs> so they sent me the GFE, and like they were getting charged. No joke. Like I think it was like four points or something oh my like God. More than that. Like it was just wow. a stupid amount. And I was like, I was like, guys, you're being taken advantage of. So anyway, I closed their transaction, and at closing, Bobby, like this is what's so cool. At closing. Um, my friend's wife, who I, I didn't really know how I had just met her, she was crying and she was like, Josh, like you saved us thousands of dollars. This was our first home buying experience. I can't thank you enough for what you did. Okay. And at that moment, a first transaction, like you can't make this stuff up. I was just like, holy crap. I'm, I dropped out of medical school. I'm not saving lives by any means, but I had the opportunity to change people's lives. Yeah. So, stuck and stayed with it and was very blessed to help, you know, like I said, hundreds and thousands of people close transactions over the next 10 years. So that was how, that was my start. Like I, like you, I didn't, I did not dream of being a loan officer by any means. Yeah, no, no. I, I you know, I always talk about like that one or two experiences in the mortgage business doing loan apps because it's been a few years since I've taken a loan app myself, but um, there was this one story where this uh, family, I did, I, did, I did their loan and the father brought their conditions. It was like, I don't know, 7.30 at night and they're sitting in my office. I'm going through the conditions, get everything ready. I tell them I think I got everything. They're walking out and their little kid, man, I'll never forget, this kid's probably like 40 something by now, right? And he looks up at me and he says, Mr. Fabi, does this mean I get my own bedroom? Oh, yep. 
dude, I mean, I have never forgotten that. You know what I mean? Because it was like, that stopped me in my tracks for the rest of the night. I kept thinking like, this is not about, you know, yeah, I'm getting paid and I want to be this good loan officer for my company. But that little kid, he doesn't want to share his bedroom with brothers, whatever. You know what I mean, he wants his own room, man. He wants to spread his wings and fly. <laughs> Dude, that is, that's, yeah, it's one of those stories. That's why we stay in as you know, we make, we can make incredible money in this industry. Let's not, let's all be honest, but it's those experiences that we have just like that, that just, that make it all worth it. Yeah. Yeah. So listen, so you then obviously you did 10 years or whatever in this, in the, as a loan officer in the trenches. Mm -hmm. And then one day you get this idea that you want to do like, I, I don't know, like what, what, what was that? What was that idea, man? What was What happened that day? What's crazy is, so I was still, I was still originating at the time. Um, but I had started working with some people here locally um, to, to, to possibly get into coaching. I didn't really want to be a coach, but I loved a lot of people were coming to me asking advice actually about social media. I was, I've always used Facebook. I've always used social media to kind of put myself out there and to, and I got a lot of business from it. Like I, I don't want to say I was the first person cause I, I have no idea, but I was probably one of the first using social media actually to, to get like new opportunities organically. I wasn't running Lee, like I wasn't running ads. I wasn't doing anything like that. I was just using social media to put myself out there. And a lot of people just saw me doing it. And like I was doing, I was known back then as the outdoor LO. Like that was, I loved outdoors. I mean, I live in the mountains. So I was sharing my mountain biking videos and my hiking videos and the things like fishing and boating with kids. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And every once in a while, I just throw in like, oh, by the way, I'm a loan officer. If you guys ever have mortgage questions, let me know. And that's it. Like that, I wasn't putting those stupid posts out there about like, hey, best rates and da 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 this. But uh, it just helped me build my presence. So I started having a lot of people reach out and say, hey, can you help me do this? Can you help me do this? So I was working with a local company here and tried to start like a coaching organization. And, and honestly, it flopped. Like it just didn't go well. And uh, I was actually at a conference down in Vegas and uh, I, I was having a conversation with some people. And one of the, the things that stood out to me is I was having this conversation and this LO told me a story just like you did, Fabi. And, uh, and it stood out to me and I'm like, you know what, there's probably so many people all over the country and I'd met some of them who had great stories to share about being an originator, about being a loan officer. I wonder if I could just get those people to come on the show and share those to hopefully motivate and help other people um, grow their business through through stories and through what, what other LOs are doing throughout the country and, and just to give them ideas. So I actually started the daily LO life. So a lot of people may remember that. That's where I started. Uh, a lot of people think, think it was the low life. It was actually the LO. <laughs> it's funny. And, and I'll tell leading into then my next story here in a second. But so I started the daily LO life and just started reaching out to great LOs I'd met across the country. Um, and I was reaching out. Like I was, I was trying to find it and I was messaging people and got them on the show and shared some great experiences. And, uh, and then about a year ago, almost a year ago to the date, um, I, I had been talking to a lot of people about kind of changing the brand because just prior to starting Shred, I was down at Vegas at a conference and I was walking through the halls uh, with my daily LO Life shirt on and I had this guy come up to me and it was a hashtag LO Life and I had this guy come up to me and like he was with his crew, his squad, man. And they come up and they're like, yeah, effing low life. Oh yeah, living the low life, bro. And I'm like, maybe this brand isn't the best thing for me. A bunch of people think I'm a low life, so maybe maybe it's time to switch brands. So I did, and I started Shred about a year ago, and now I get to do this. Now I have the incredible opportunity to, um, Shred is known as an attention impact agency. That's what we are, is we help people get attention and create impact through, through the attention they're putting out, through their messaging. So but yeah, that's how Shred came to be is it was, I was sitting around and Shred, the name, I mean, I'm from Utah. I literally was snowboarding yesterday. I was shredding sure. on the yesterday 
And uh, the name came, I've uh, shredded something. I've, I have a terrible, terrible habit, Fabia, of buying URLs, like really bad. I have, I have hundreds of URLs. It's really bad. And uh, I just buy URLs as a habit. Like I'll come up with a name and I'll buy it. And shred is something I've had for a long time. So you're the guy who owns all those URLs, man. You're sitting on all literally, those. Literally. I, I literally get people messaging me like, hey, can I buy? And I'm not that jerk who holds on to them either. Like if I'm not using it or I'm like, eh, I'll probably never use that one. If I've had it, my rule of thumb is if I've had it for more than three years and I haven't used it yet and somebody reaches out, I just give it to them. I'm like, hey, oh, That's nice of you, man. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So karma. I always like that. So listen, you talked about something and I want to talk because I saw you on your Facebook thing. You yes. did a few years ago, this 90 day fitness challenge. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I'm a fitness nut also. Okay. I'm not as shredded as, as I used to be at one time in my life. Sure. Uh, age catches up to you and, 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 and things happen. You know, I find, I'm finding out, you know, as I'm, as I'm fast approaching 53, right. But the, the fitness challenge really got my attention when I saw that on your Facebook post. So, I mean, you, you really were out there trying to make a difference, not only in your life, but in people, you were like sh asking people to come and be part of that nine day challenge with you. Yeah. 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 That was, it changed my life like that. That was probably, it was a couple of years ago when I started doing that and it literally changed my life. I had gotten to a weight. So in high school, believe it or not, in high school, I weighed about 280. I was a really oh big guy. No. I'm only six one. So I'm six one. I played football. So I was a big guy, um, but I weighed 280 pounds. And, uh, then, um, I actually went and spent some time in South America, lost a lot of weight, but then I came back and I got married and as we all do, once you get married, start having kids, you gain weight. So I got mm -hmm. back up to about three years ago, I, back, I got back up to about 245 pounds. Um, so I, I just wasn't eating healthy being a, being a mortgage professional. That's when I owned my mortgage company and I was always on the run and I wasn't yeah. eating healthy. I wasn't treating my body the way it should be. So, um, I literally was like, you know what? I just want to I want to do something different. So I'm like, Hey, I'm putting out this challenge. I'm going to do it. If anybody wants to join me, let's like, let's go. And over the next 90 days, um, I lost, I lost about 55 pounds over 90 day period. Wow. And then ultimately lost a total of about 70 to where I'm kind of, I maintain awesome. right now. And, uh, I never expect, like I did it for me. That's what ultimately what I did it for. Um, because I wanted to get to a healthy place. And it wasn't just a diet. It was a lifestyle change. Right. We had some people join us in the journey. And, and to be honest, it was incredible because we had some people who stuck and stayed and they had similar results where um, we had wives and husbands calling us up at the end of the fitness challenge. And just like, you've changed our family's life. Like my husband can run and play with the kids again and he can, you know, do this stuff. He can walk up the stairs without like panting anymore. And, and same thing with a few women that we had in the group. Like I've never felt so confident about my body and never felt so good about myself. And it's actually something we're working on with shred. I, I'm glad you alluded to that because, um, something that we're actually working on, we're actually working on a shirt right now because shred of course stands for show up, hustle, repeat every day but we're actually coming up with a fitness challenge. You're, you're the first one we've told about this. This is, this is actually literally the first person that's heard about this. Other Drum roll. <laughs> I say, this is the, you're the first person to hear about other than our team is we're going to roll out. We're working on a challenge for, for our community, which is stay healthy, repeat every day, which is shred. Oh, that's awesome. So we're actually working on that because health is, I'm so glad that you're a health person as well, because being healthy is, it helps us in our everyday business, our life with our families. There's so much more that yeah. we need to be aware of when it comes to health in our lives. So yeah, I, I'm, I try to stay as healthy as possible. We neglect our health so bad. At least I did. You know I mean, especially when you start like the longer hours as you alluded to. And then we, and for me, I started traveling a lot mm -hmm. Yep. and you're traveling. And I remember <laughs> waking up at a hotel one morning 
and I felt like my entire mouth was was nothing but like a bowl of salt. Oh. Whatever I'd been eating was just like all the salty that, I, and it was just driving me bonkers, man. And there wasn't enough water I could drink to flush it out. But after that, actually, I went vegan for two and a half years, and did that for a while, but had some issues with that, so came back. But anyway, long story short, you know, I just think health is. In, 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 I mean, you get it one time in your life. And it's the most precious thing that I keep hearing people talk about over and over again. Yep. And I'm glad you, I'm glad you could do that. I'll, I'll, I'll stay tuned on that. And, and uh, whatever I can do to help on that, man, I'd be love to get involved on that. So Absolutely. All right. So listen, you were part of the 40 under 40 for 2019. Is that right? Yes. Congratulations, my man. Thank you. I appreciate that. I was humbled to be on that list. There were so many great people on that list. I need to have one for 60 under 60 or something. <laughs> Let's make one. We're going to put the shred 60 under 60 list. That's what we're going to work on. I need that. So what's that like? I mean, tell me about it. I mean, when you heard about it, I mean, did it humble you? Did it excite you? What what, what do you feel? Oh man, I was so humbled. I was truly so honored. Um, So I'm 32. And when I, when I first got a call um, from them and saying, from Andrew Berman actually saying, Hey, you've made a list. And I'm like, what? Like, like serious i'm like you're not joking because andrew's a friend he's like i'm like are you serious he's like yeah dude like like overwhelmingly he's like you 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 were nominated and you're one of the top people that are that were voted for and i'm like oh my god like i didn't even know i was nominated like i had no idea and i was truly humbled i was like holy crap um and just grateful because again if you look at that list there were so many people that that i have looked up to that have been mentors to me on that list and i was truly just like it it was one of the first times in my life when I, when I was so humbled by it and so grateful for it. I'm not an emotional guy, but I was like, holy crap, like what we're doing here is making a difference. It's, it's helping impact the lives of other people. And so it wasn't so much about me. I was just grateful for, for those that we've been able to, you know, bring value to their lives through Shred and be able to yeah, continue to do what we can to inspire and motivate others. So, I, oh my gosh, it was, it was one of those times where, I, I had one of those giddy moments, like a little school. I was like, Oh my gosh, I did like, I made the list. That's so That's cool. Awesome, man. No, no, it's, it's so cool because I think, look, I mean, I've been in, like I said, I've been, I've been doing this now 26 years mortgages. Right. Wow. And every now and then you see something that is a little different. You know what I mean? And it's a, and it just, and it's shiny and sparkly and you want to make sure it's authentic. Right. Right. Like that's what I was hearing about you guys. Then when I met you guys in Tampa last September, that's right. Yeah. It was like, Oh my God, these guys really are the real deal. You know, I'm just telling you, man. So it was like, it was, it made an impact in my life and the way I went about like, it really had me retool my, my thought process. And it was like, dude, if they can do it, I can do it. And oh, so I love that. kudos to you, man. I mean, that was, that was awesome stuff to hear that. Well, thank so, you. And uh, that's, that's why we do is, is to help inspire and motivate others. Everybody like you, Fabi, has a story. And I, I personally think everybody should this live, um, live, lend, and, live, what is it? Live, lend, and eat? Laugh, lend, and eat. Laugh, man, lend, and that's what it is. Laugh, lend. My wife says I laugh too much. She says, you got to calm down on that laugh. No way. You can never <laughs> laugh enough. I, crazy enough. So I just got back from a conference uh, this the other day, and they, there was a speaker, Scott Christopher, who talked about levity. And something that I think our industry lacks, to be honest, is laughing. Like there's so much seriousness. There's so much yeah. like, it, yes, our, our industry is difficult. It can be frustrating. It can be taxing. It can be emotional. But like we don't laugh enough, man. So, dude, I, you keep laughing. I, I love is that the name of the show. And 
and, and I don't think we can laugh enough in this industry. Yeah. One of the things that I always, I'm big on is just don't take yourself so seriously. Exactly. You know I mean, this, this is a, a very, very stressful industry. People are, make demands on you. I mean, there are deadlines, you know, and, and yeah. people's lives are counting on it. Uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, you know, just, it's got to work and, and you, and you got to, and it goes back to your health. You know what I mean? You got to maintain your health because 100%. if you're not around, then what, what, what's, what good is all the stuff that you accumulate? Absolutely. And that's just it is you have to take a step back every once in a while and just realize how blessed you are in our lives. Like most, and anybody who's spent any time outside of our country in a third world country, like, yes, being a mortgage expert, being a mortgage advisor is difficult. And there are frustrating days. And like you said, we have timelines, deadlines, and people are counting on us. But every single day we're, we're such a blessed people. Like we, we, we don't realize how, and we all go through hard times. I'm not saying that, like we all go through rough times, but Truly, when at the end of the day, we're we're pretty pretty fortunate, all of us. So now, taking a uh, step back things, to recognize it. I was talking to somebody else about this, and I said, "Listen, no matter how bad my problems are, it's the quality of my problems today that I look at. You know, oh. I mean, how many people would love to have the quality of these problems? You know, like, oh my God, my sound is not working for my podcast. Exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> right. If that's the worst it gets today, man, dude, that's that's a great life. So yeah, we'll take that all day long, right? So you're 40 under 40. You got eight more years now. Does Andrew, did Andrew say you can be on the list for eight more years or how does that work? I have no idea. That's a really good question. I, I, I made it once. Like I'm happy with that. If I never make it again, I'm just, I'm humbled and honored for the opportunity to be on there once. Um, it's funny actually, somebody else asked me that question and they're like, do you feel pressure to be honored again? And I'm like, no, I was like, I'm going to do my thing. I, you know, I, I'm going to be me. I'm always going to be me. So if I continue to do great things in the eyes of others, then fantastic. I hope I can, but I am, I mean, it's not a, maybe that sounds arrogant. Hopefully it doesn't, but I, I don't have a goal of being like a 40 under 40. Like I have to be on it now because I was on it once. It's sure. again, the fact that I was on it once, I'm truly humbled and honored for the opportunity. And, and uh, hopefully I can just continue to do what I'm doing and inspire and, and help the world that, that we're in. I think if you just keep on doing what you're doing, dude, you're going to be fine. You know what I mean? The, 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 I'm telling you, there, there's people you see in this, in this world and you know what they're, they're about and, and you're, you're about as genuine as they come. Oh, so, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Hey, what is this industry syndicate? I saw a blip about it. I didn't really dig into it. I know it's like a bunch of you guys or something that have different companies maybe. What is, what is it? Absolutely. So actually, I think my hat. Hey, yeah, I don't know if you can see it. I, I have my, I got my new camera up here and it's like focused on me. It's usually, you can see the background a lot more, but this new camera is actually pretty cool. Um, so the industry syndicate, um, Phil Treadwell, Dustin Brown, uh, and there was a few others involved. Um, there's actually a ton of people involved. Like Dustin Brown and Phil Treadwell are, need to be like the ones highlighted though. They, Dustin Brown in particular has put so much work and so much like focus on this. And basically what we had as when we came together with this idea was syndicating, there's so many great podcasts like yours and people who are starting podcasts and people who are putting out content that we wanted to bring to one place where people could actually, if they wanted to know, it was something that, that I get asked quite often is like, hey, what podcast do you recommend? Mm-hmm. And I say, well, go to industrysyndicate.com and there's the top 16 podcasts. I think there's 16 or 17 podcasts and shows that are there, which dude, you need to get in there too as well. Like, um, so it's basically just a place where some of the top influencers and collaborators were putting their content. And like I said, Dustin Brum and Phil Treadwell, uh, Dustin Brum's on the, on the real estate side, of course, Phil Treadwell's on the mortgage side of things. And they just, they put together something great and uh, they're, they're, 
continuing to work on it to build just one place where you can go hear the best of the best when it comes to content in the industry. So it's a really it sounds, cool. It sounds like it's a hub, right? It sounds like it's maybe like a center for kind of like navigate your way through yep. all this content, this kind of like all the sound that comes through you on a daily basis, right? I'm sure you hear a, a lot of waves that come at you. So yes, that it is. That's exactly what it is. It's just basically one hub. It's, it's one place where you can go to get some of the best of the best content podcasts in the industry. That's, that's kind of, that was our vision with it. It was putting a place, again, where you didn't have to scour across all the podcast stations. You didn't have to scour Facebook. If you wanted really good content from some of what we believe to be the best in the industry, we put them on there. And, and this is a perfect example is, you know, you're a great growing pro- podcast. You've started this recently. It's highlighting shows like yours as well to, to continue to grow get out to the audience because as you know that's the hardest thing too is to to continue to grow your audience to put it mm-hmm. out there for people who actually want to uh, to engage with it so that's that's what the syndicate was created for yeah i, I kind of feel blessed with this is is i feel like i was just looking actually today i took a shot i was gonna put on linkedin as a nest I'm, I'm like yeah i don't want to be over arrogant sure but i'm like completely booked with shows until like middle of march that's awesome right and so cool. i was just like dude i mean it's like I don't even understand how that's happening. It's just like, you know, but it's the blessings of the Lord, I guess. And I just ran the wave on it. You know what I mean? Well, so. dude, it's just, and kudos to you because you're actually out there doing it. I wish more would actually would get outside their comfort zone to do it. And I don't think it's, dude, it's not, you know, bragging at all. It's, it's not patting yourself. It's not being arrogant. The fact that you're out there and you're doing this type of podcast and putting out content and helping inspire others. Like you mentioned earlier, somebody inspired you to do it. Now you could go inspire others. If they can say, wow, Fabi's doing it. Like I can do it too. Like it just, every time somebody new puts out a new podcast, a lot of people think it's clogging up our industry. A lot of people think our, our industry is oversaturated with, with shows and podcasts and this and that. I a hundred percent disagree because Mm -hmm. even like we're not even at 1% saturation within our industry. If you take the hundreds of thousands of mortgage professionals and real estate agents, millions of real estate agents, but if you take all those and actually look at who's putting out relevant content, content that's bringing value and benefiting our industries, like there's, there's still such a minute fraction of people doing it. And again, there's people like you who have an, an incredible voice and the opportunity to inspire others, to show them that they can do it. And they, and some people don't do it. Um, they don't want other mortgage professionals. Sometimes they just want to go to their audience, like to their small audience in their small sure. little rural town. And that's great. But yeah. sometimes they just need that, you know, that motivation or they see you doing it and you get to inspire others. So I love I, what you're doing, man. I think it's great. I love talking to people and I love learning. And I mean, my dad is 86 years old and he still wow. talks about how he's learning. He's, so he's cool. like, he's like absorbing everything that's going on. If I give him a new book to read, I gave him Jay Duran's 30 days of thought. I said, here, this will, yes. this will, this will keep you going for at least 30 more days. <laughs> I have that book up there. It's an awesome yeah. book, man. You know, yeah, I say, I it's up on my shelf. Days. Jay's awesome. Yeah. I mean, so he, he went through it and he loved it. It was just one of those things that I just think that as a human being, we have to continue just always just expanding our mind and looking for the next thing to kind of excite us. Absolutely. You know, maybe I can do this for a few more years or maybe I'd wrap it up next month. I don't know. <laughs> but today is fun, especially talking to you, Josh. <laughs> today you gotta live every day to the fullest i totally believe that yeah hey you one time said that facebook is like the largest crm yep i totally believe it you still believe that today i mean with all the instagram and tiktok coming on and 
I mean, I, I was thinking about this when I was when I was getting ready for the show that I kind of totally forgot about my Twitter account. I don't. I mean, my Twitter is <laughs> connected to my LinkedIn, I think, and so yep. I, it does it automatically. But I can't remember the last time I was on my my Twitter to kind of update anything. No, I I agree. I have a Twitter account. I don't know when the last time I actually posted on Twitter. Um, but in my in my opinion, and with all the all the time we spend on social media. It, Facebook is still by far the most relevant. Like you, you've got TikTok and trust me, I spend time on TikTok. I spend time on Instagram. I spend time on LinkedIn. I spend time on Facebook, Twitter, not as much like I said, not much on Twitter anymore, but I spend time on all these different social channels. And when it comes to, I mean, we're specifically talking about mortgage and real estate, mm -hmm. Facebook, when it comes to the demographic that you're after is still by far the most relevant. Now I'm not saying that you shouldn't be spending time on the other ones. I, I think TikTok is a, a insanely growing platform. Um, the demographic, like this is the statistics show that it's definitely a younger demographic, which I think is awesome. Um, cause of course they're going to be home buyers eventually, but to be able to keep up with that type of content and put out that type of content, like you actually, like there's some work that people are just like, Oh, I'm just going to record a great little video of me dancing and this and that. And like, it's not that simple. Facebook is actually the easiest place to create relevant content for your audience. Because again, looking at the demographic, people think that that's Facebook is an older demographic too. That is absolutely false. Like hundred percent false. You still have a very young demographic. Um, I believe that the latest numbers that were at least it was like between 26 and 53 is what I okay. believe. Or you're like, good for home so, buyers. Absolutely. I was like, that yeah. is your home buyer. Like that's who yeah. you're looking for as home buyers. So like it's absolutely relevant to be using Facebook and that's where the majority of, again, that demographic are hanging out. So yes, I still recommend. And when I said it was a CRM, because a CRM, a lot of times we use CRMs, which I'm not, I'm not bashing on any CRMs. I love you know, there's great CRMs out there, whiteboard, top of mind. I'm good friends with top of mind, Surefire and CRMs are very relevant, but sometimes we expect them to do all the work for us as we mm -hmm. said it and we forget it. Why I talk about Facebook as a CRM is because it's an opportunity for us to stay engaged and to build relationships with our audience, which that's what a CRM is all about is to stay top of mind, to stay in front of those people. So Facebook, if you're doing it right, you're just staying in front of your audience. You're staying in front of your past clients. I tell everybody, the first thing, if you close a client that you've never worked with before or you work with and you're not friends with on Facebook, you should absolutely friend them. You should friend them. You should make sure that you're putting out content so they can see it on a regular right. basis. And I'm not just talking about content like mortgage rates and this and that all the time. They don't care about that. They care about you. They care about Fabi. They care about Josh. Right. That's what, that's why I talk about Facebook being one of, the, one of the largest CRMs is because you have the opportunity to build relations, relationships and for people to engage with you when they other, otherwise wouldn't. Oh, again, using a CRM, when's the last time they heard from you? They probably got an auto-generated email right. saying, hey, Fabi, right. happy birthday. Like people know that's an auto-generated email. Like, well, but if I'm on point. Facebook and I send you a Facebook messenger from my phone and say, Hey, Fabi, like say your name. Just wanted to personally wish you a happy birthday, man. Hope you have an incredible day. Uh, hopefully we can get together soon. That's it. They know that was personal. Like they're like, holy crap. Like he said my name in there. That is in my, in my opinion, I don't know if you've heard this, but I'm really excited about this. Um, as we know, Facebook, the juggernaut owns messenger. Uh -huh. They own Instagram. They own, they just bought WhatsApp. Um, so they've acquired that. They're putting all these messaging platforms together. And, and I'm really excited because I don't know if you heard of Mark Zuckerberg. I'll, uh, I'll share the link with you. Mark Zuckerberg talks about the, the new, his new vision for social media. And it's going to be a very like 
personal like type messenger. It's not going to okay. be just posting anymore. It's going to be, we're going to see chat bots continue to evolve and, and conversations start again via social media, which that's what it was originally designed for. So social media has kind of gotten like where people are just on their phone. Like you, you put up your phone and it's like people just, I go to a conference, right? And, and you just see people like taking pictures and I know, you know, they're posting stuff and I guess for that one second they're happy, but they can't be that happy all the time. Right. I mean, no. where, where do we lose that trueness in, in what we're posting? Do, I word trueness. <laughs> trueness. Yeah. No authenticity. Gen, gen, okay, genuineness. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm genuine. I don't know. If that's a word actually being genuine. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it's lot. One of the reasons that I have done my show live, the Josh Pitts live and shred live was because you cannot be fake. Like you cannot be, people see my over the top enthusiasm, who I am. Like I'm very lighthearted. I mess up all the time. But like you said, people, that's why I'm probably one of my largest following. I don't say it's a brag. One of my largest followings is on Instagram. But one of the reasons I don't like Instagram is because it's so fake. Like it's, okay. you can absolutely like, there's so many um, edited pictures and doctored up pictures that just make everything look so fancy and perfect. And, and we live in, you know, that world right now where that's not always the case all the time. So I, you know, I share a lot of videos and I share a lot of what I'm going through and it's not all sunshine and rainbows all the time. It's, yeah. it's hard. Like it's difficult life being an originator is hard. So sharing those ups and downs, uh, the good and the bad, I think that's as I, as I watch all the social media, influencers, if you will. Um, those are the ones that I see having the most impact on their audience is the ones who are doing it real. They're not just posting a picture once a week. That's like happy all the freaking time. So you gotta be real. You gotta be genuine. I, and that's, and that perfectly alludes to what I was saying is that's the way Mark Zuckerberg and the, a lot of the people working with, with the messenger and Facebook and Instagram are taking it. It's, they wanted to see more of that, that genuine or more of that authenticity back into social media. Yeah. So. I'm glad you mentioned mentioned the Instagram thing because I do have an Instagram account now. Um, I started doing it maybe a year ago. Nice. And uh, yeah, I, I just I said let me see what this is all about, right? And by the way, I did TikTok. I just side tangent, sorry. I I couldn't do it, dude. I couldn't. It was like these little thirteen year old girls singing in their class while the teacher's like writing. Yes. Was like what's this? About? And I asked my niece. Right? She's in ninth grade, and she goes, "Oh God, Uncle Fab, you don't get it." They're doing these in the bathrooms. And like, are you doing this? She goes, no, 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 I'm not doing it. I said, you're doing it. So these girls are, no one's in school. They're all making these videos on TikTok. Yeah. I, dude, you know, I, I literally heard somebody who's, who's actually they've been kind of one of those mentors to me. And they talked about TikTok, like it's the brand, like the newest wave. And personally, I think it's cool. Like I said, I waste, I waste time on TikTok. That, that's my problem is I get on TikTok. Next thing I know, it's been 30 minutes and I'm like, well, I didn't even do anything here. Like, and I didn't see anything relevant. It's almost just like a, like a time suck. And the problem is, and like, I don't know how deep, I, I won't go deep into this, but I see some of these videos of these, of these young girls posting this stuff. And like, I, I'm a, I wouldn't say I'm conservative. I, I'm not, but I see them posting inappropriate stuff that I'm just like, sure. like, I'm like, whoa, this is a 13 year old girl posting this. Like it's, man, it's sometimes a 13 year old boy. I mean, yeah. Equal opportunity here, man. I mean, I think sometimes it's a little bit, you know, it's like, dude, you're in school. Pay yeah. attention to give a grade because exactly. one day I'm going to need you to work while I retire. Yeah, exactly. 
it's like, hey, focus in school. Stop TikToking and focus a little bit. But yeah, it's it's amazing to me to the whole thing's a conundrum. Like I said, I've played on it. I've talked to some other great people and got their thoughts on it. Yes, it's something. And people ask me. I get, literally get a message, at least one message a week. Like, hey, should I be using TikTok to grow my business? And I tell people no. Like right now, I don't think so. Um, I, I, that's, I've changed my opinion because about three or four months ago, I said, oh yeah, we should start looking at TikTok. The more I have done research, the more statistics we are now seeing come out about it, I would yeah. not, I would not be spending time on TikTok. If you're you, big on Facebook, that's like, that's like your, your, your wheelhouse, right? Facebook and LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. LinkedIn, yeah. LinkedIn I, I, is absolutely... Yeah. LinkedIn is probably, I actually, Facebook and LinkedIn are probably tied in my book because LinkedIn's they've changed. Recently they came out with LinkedIn live. We were one of the first people approved for LinkedIn live in the entire, in the first in the industry, which we were really excited about. We were grateful for LinkedIn for letting us do that. But LinkedIn, it has been that platform where you have your people messaging like recruiters and people spam messaging you. And they've, they've changed some algorithms recently that I think is really good. But if you use LinkedIn correctly, it's it's a super powerful way to connect with with professionals. Like, it Facebook is more for like that personal side of that audience, like Pascal, like I said, CRM. But if you're wanting to connect with a more professional audience, I think LinkedIn is awesome. The problem that I'm seeing, Fabi, is I talk a lot about being able to repurpose content on different platforms. LinkedIn and Facebook, you can't use the same content. Like it's, they're, they're so different and the audience and the demographic is so different. You do have to be putting different content on there. So right. that's something to keep in mind. I, I always tell people when somebody asks me, well, what platform should I be on? I say, well, what platform are you spending the most personally? What time, which platform are you spending the most time on? If they say LinkedIn, I said, focus on LinkedIn. Uh, but, come but up with a LinkedIn you, strategy that you can use and uh, go with that. If they say Facebook, I say, stay on Facebook. Um, Instagram is one of those where, you know, I'm seeing less and less people focus on Instagram. Yeah. So. Do you think sometimes when, when you see a loan officer on LinkedIn say, hey, you know, the rates are really low. Give me a call for to refinance. Right. I mean, I see that head shake, right? I know people who are listening may not see you shaking your head, but that's what I get. Like, dude, it's like, no, you're speaking to 500 more loan officers. Yep. Consumers so, are on Facebook. <laughs> so, so yes and no. You actually can find consumers on, and that's what I'm referring to. You can absolutely find consumers on LinkedIn, but it's posts like that that will kill you. Like it's okay. it's posts like that because you are you probably have connected with 500 other loan officers. But what what I started doing when I started building a LinkedIn following is I started connecting with the people that I actually wanted to do loans for. Like as a loan officer, I was looking for like people, again, being the outdoor LO, I actually was looking for people in the outdoor retail space that I love to have a conversation with, that they owned like some of the, some of the top like REI and some of the companies here in Utah that I wanted to do business with and I had done loans for in the past. I was mm -hmm. connecting with like executives for those companies and I was reaching out to them saying, hey, I'm a local outdoor enthusiast. I love you guys' product. Um, I'd love to, you know, connect with you about this bike or blah, blah, blah. And that started the conversation. And they said, well, what, what do you do? I said, oh, I'm, I'm a mortgage advisor. If you ever have any questions with that. And they're like, oh, mortgage. Like, by the way, I'm trying to buy a house. So it was, that's how I use LinkedIn. I connected with professionals that I want to do loans for. Another perfect example, like Adobe. Adobe has a huge facility here. I connected with one of the, the executives of Adobe through LinkedIn, like just through persistence. I messaged mm -hmm. them and not the spammy message. Ladies and gentlemen, do not spam people on LinkedIn. Like mm -hmm. that's, that's how I know. If you send me longer than a paragraph on LinkedIn for our connection message, I just know you're trying to spam me. So I don't even, mm -hmm. I just delete it. But if I just say, hey, Fabi, I'm local here in Utah. It looks like you are as well. 
just want to connect with you. If there's anything I can ever do for you, let me know. That's it. That's all I say. And that's exactly what I said to this guy. And that a message just like that got me into Adobe. And I did hundreds of loans in the Adobe facility just through LinkedIn. Yeah. Sometimes I get these LinkedIn messages and they're like four or five inches long. And I'm like, come on guys, seriously. I mean, I just connected with you. Now you want to send me something about, I don't know, recently, I don't mean to pick on this person. I'm sorry, but something about like, we can come into your office to tailor made your suits. And I'm like, um, I, I can't remember the last time I wore a suit. Like they're really following me on LinkedIn. They should know what I'm wearing. Dude, I am so, I know, I'm pretty sure it's the same guy that probably messaged me. And this was legit about three weeks ago. And I was like, you did not look at my profile. Even if you looked at my profile picture, I wear a hat and a t-shirt, dude. Like, he saw your Zillow picture. He saw your Zillow that's, picture. And that's him. it. He found me on Zillow and messaged me on LinkedIn. <laughs> He said, this guy needs some new threads. These are old. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, he's like, dude, this guy's suit sucks. Like, dude, if you can find me a suit to match my hat, we might can, we might be able to talk, but other than that. (laughs) All right. I got a couple more things and we're going to wrap it up, but you are huge on this topic here. So I know I got to give you a little bit of space here, but you talk about saving the industry from itself. And I, and I heard you kind of go off on this. I don't want to steal your thunder on this. But walk me through this. I mean, you, you, that's a pretty bold statement to make, right? I mean, you're trying to, you want to make, save the industry. So what do you mean when you say that? So I've got a lot of flack for this one recently because a lot of people have heard me say it. And they, I actually, I won't say who it was, but I had somebody who's a pretty prominent person in the industry come to me and they're like, say who, they're like, who the hell do you think you are? Like, how arrogant do you have to be to think that you, like, why do you think our industry needs saving? And I simply said, you can see it if you're if you're on facebook if you're a mortgage professional and on facebook or linkedin there there is a division let's just put it that way there there's a division within our industry between retail and wholesale and there's a battle and a fight going on and i personally believe it is not good for any of us it's not good for the consumer um, I, I truly think that there's opportunity to collaborate. When I first founded Shred, what I, my slogan was uniting the industry through collaboration. And then it quickly turned into saving because I was going to conferences, a conference like where I met you, I was going to conferences and events. And I was part of conversations where literally I was watching, you know, people from both sides of this industry just go at it and just, just put one another down and just, just absolutely be disrespectful and rude. And I'm like, there's no reason for that. So when, when I, when I first mentioned it, I'm like, you know what, we really need to work together. And one of the things I would love to see is to be able to save the industry from itself. And when I started talking about that and people would ask, what do you mean? And simply what my goal is, is to help people see that we can work together and we should, there should no be there shouldn't be two sides of our industry. There shouldn't be retail and wholesale. It should all be that we are mortgage originators as one. And there are benefits to both sides. I think the broker channel provides a great opportunity for some originators. Some people give me such a hard time because I haven't jumped on the broker movement more than I have because I'm a broker. Like I, I grew my business. My, the, the mortgage company that I had here was a brokerage. And so a lot of people give me a lot of flack because I haven't pushed the, the broker movement more. But I have seen so many people in retail and so many of my friends and people that we that that I trust and respect in the industry in the retail side 
they, they're incredible human beings. And there's such a great need and a fit for both sides of it. Sure. There, ladies and gentlemen, there's no reason to tear each other down. There's no reason. Now, are there some companies out there doing wrong things that need to be called out? Sure, but there's a right and a wrong way to do that. There's but that's no, on both sides. Both sides. Of the, absolutely. Both sides of the both sides absolutely. Of the yeah. So that's when I say saving the industry from itself, it's, it's to really educate people and make people aware that we don't have to attack one another to build each other, like, or to build ourselves. Yeah. We have to unite. We have to collaborate together. And that will ultimately help us grow as an industry and ultimately benefit the consumer. Because honestly, that's the thing too, Fabi, is we should, we're all doing this for the consumer. Like that's, that's the mentality we should have. We're not doing this for the broker channel. We're not doing this for the, the banker channel or the retail channel. We're doing this for the consumer. And if we have that mindset, then we all win and the consumer wins at the end of the day. No, that's, and that's so true because too often, I mean, and I'm hearing the same, you know, noise that you hear, right? That brokers this and retail this and that in-house loan officers and consumer direct. At the end of the day, I mean, is, is I go beyond the consumer, Josh. So I, I go a little bit for me is like, because I have loan officers who work for me, right? Is sure. They're trying to provide a, a life for their family. Exactly. You know, that loan that closes, my dad was a New York life insurance agent, right? And this is a cool story I'll share with you real quick. So I worked with them for like three years. I didn't like it, but I worked for him. And sometimes his bar or his clients would call me and they wanted to change their checking account. You know what I mean? And I said, wow. hey, dad, this guy called. And, that, and my dad would say something like, oh, yeah, yeah. That's the guy when I sold his life insurance policy, I used that to send you to summer band camp that year. Oh, wow. Right? So the commission's paid for my summer band camp. And now also now I, I saw that, I began to see that client with a totally different perspective. And I think loans are the same thing. It's like, you know, we're, we're talking about all this stuff and this side and that side, but ultimately it's the loan officer trying to provide for their family. Absolutely. Right? So, I mean, whatever we're doing is it's not because we're trying to be better or worse. It's just because this is what we saw as our way to making money. I mean, yep. I, I was a broker for a long time uh, and I have no disagreements with any of my broker friends. So I appreciate you saying that, though. That's a, that's a very good, I, I didn't realize that the saving the industry was, was, was about that. Yep. So I'm glad I brought that up. So the other thing you'd always talk about that I love, 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 because you really hit home with me last September was collaborating. You know what I mean? And yep. you're so open hearted about collaboration and the way you go about creating your content. I see you like, I don't even know how many interviews you do per week, bro. I, you're like, I, I was like, this guy's got no life. I have no idea what he's doing. This is my life. This is what I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, this collaboration, I mean, through in community and not competition, it kind of feeds into what you were all just talking about, right? Yeah, With that's exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, like I mentioned, when I founded Shred, it was uniting the industry through collaboration. And I think um, collaboration and saving the industry from itself goes hand in hand. I think there are opportunities to collaborate with one another um, within the industry to be able to, again, ultimately benefit the, the consumer, the client that we're trying to to help buy a home, refinance, whatever it may be. But I think collaboration in so many aspects, not only that, but I think we can learn things from one another that can ultimately help us. I mean, doing a podcast, like I, when I first started my podcast, I learned from other people who were out there doing it, David Licken, Phil Treadwell, like there were people in the industry doing it. And what I was so grateful and humble for is that I would reach out to these people and they were willing to share. They were willing to collaborate, even though they knew I was direct competition with them. I mean, if you think about it, even if we work for the same company, if we're loan officers of the exact same company, technically we're competition, but that doesn't mean we can't collaborate. We can't share ideas of, of what's working for us because here's the thing. 
two things. If we're sharing our ideas and we're sharing the secret sauce, if you will, number mm -hmm. one, if we share that, 99% of the time, the people that heard it aren't going to go do it. They like the lack of execution within our industry is another whole, a whole other topic and like one of my most frustrating <laughs> right. things. But the number two thing is too, is like most people, if you share an idea, number one, most people aren't going to execute. Number two, they probably don't want to do so. Each, each and every one of us is unique in the way we do business. And just because you do business one way and you share it with me, isn't, doesn't mean I'm going to go run out and do it because maybe that doesn't fit my style. But right. you sharing that idea, maybe it did give me an idea like, well, Foppy's doing it this way and that's really cool. And I don't want to do it exactly that way. But I think I could maybe tweak it a little bit like this and I would love to do that. So that's why I... I think collaboration is so key is because sharing different ideas, sharing different beliefs, sharing different thoughts is so beneficial to everybody. Because again, you're going to spark somebody else's mind and it's going to start, it's going to start working and they're going to be like, Oh man, you know, he shared this or she said this. And again, that doesn't fit perfectly with me, but I'm going to go make that my own. I, I, I reference actually another book that's right behind me. Uh, the, the book steal like an artist by Austin Cleon, probably one of my favorite books. I don't know. Have you ever read it? No, what's it called? Steal Like an Artist. That's Steal right Like here. an Artist by Austin Kleon. Okay. Um, and basically the premise of the book is there are no original ideas anymore. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. and which, which is actually kind of true. Like if you think about it over the, over the thousands and thousands of years that humans right. have existed, you know, from, I mean, from all the way back from some of the, the first, you know, stoic writers of, of the world, um, all the ideas are out there. Now it's, it's our opportunity as creators, as humans to go out there and find those ideas, to steal these ideas and make them our own. Now I'm not saying plagiarize, don't go, you know, steal somebody's <laughs> book and make it your own and say, oh yeah, this is mine. Don't be, don't be Jay Shetty. I'm not, <laughs> if anybody knows that reference and what happened there, but there are plenty of ideas out there, uh, Fabi, and there are ideas that we can go out there and we can take, we can collaborate with people and make them our own. So mm -hmm. I, I think collaboration, and I've seen this, I can say this firsthand, I've seen people uh, within our industry who are collaborating. And those are the people who are really winning right now. Those are the ones who I'm seeing their business just absolutely grow like crazy because they're sharing ideas. You, you mentioned earlier when you're willing to, to have that giver's mentality and the mentality of, Hey, you know, the karma comes around. If you're going to give, 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 it always going to come back to you. Yep. Yep. You know, one of my greatest uh, 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 writers that I love is Og Mandino. And, and, and one of the absolutely. things we always talked about was that Today, at this exact moment, we have more knowledge than the smartest man did 100 years ago. Yep. And, and what we choose to do with that knowledge, because just like you said, it's not original ideas. We're just learning and learning and learning and storing and we're improving upon it. Uh, so I, that's amazing. So that's part of the whole collaboration thing. That's awesome. All right, Josh, we are at the end here. I got to ask you, dude, because this is laugh, lend, and eat, right? And so I got to ask my last guest about this, but I want to make sure you travel a lot. Yeah. So when you get home, what's that one food that you got to have, bro? Like, oh, man. Um, <laughs> I mean, do you crave something like, you know, because we're eating out in restaurants and eating breakfast, lunch and dinner. So you get home, you're tired, your flight was yeah. late, right? You got just time for one thing. I mean, what, what is that one thing that you got to have? So this is really interesting. And I mean, if you would ask me this two months ago, it'd be a completely different, like, um, answer but you mentioned going going vegan and recently i i'm not a vegan like a lot of people know i live an outdoor lifestyle but we went plant-based so we plant-based now the last couple of months me and wife have lived a completely plant-based diet yeah. 
And awesome. the funniest thing is I crave as soon as like I get home from being on the road, especially trying to eat a plant-based diet while you're traveling is very, very difficult. So yeah. when I come home, I make this veggie burrito. I know this sounds so funny, but I make this black bean veggie burrito that I literally like crave. Like when I'm on the plane, like heading home, I'm like, I'm, it doesn't matter what time it is. I'm like, I'm making me a veggie burrito as soon as I get home. And I, I get home and I like just scarf one of those every single time. So, and it's like, yeah. it's, it's it's simple, but I love it. I'll give a plug real quick. There's a company called Trifecta. Trifecta. And web, yeah. And they give uh, vegan plant-based uh, packets. Oh, cool. And I will actually put them in my carry-on and take them with me to hotels. Really? Yeah. There and, you go. You know what I mean? And that way you can keep that plant-based lifestyle going even though you're out there. And just kind of at least one or two healthy meals will help you get through those trips. Oh, dude. I'm going to look it up. Trifecta. I'm absolutely going to look it up. I appreciate the reference. So, I did. Yeah. When I, when I get home, that's, that's one of them too. Like that's just my go-to. And actually my other one, if I can share a drink, like people know I, I'm not, I don't drink alcohol, but I, I do have a, I have a terrible, terrible habit of drinking uh, rock stars. Um, and I, I love rock stars, but what I do, I, I, we have this drink called what me and my wife have nicknamed the road warrior. And there's like, when I've been on the road and I come home, the road warriors are the thing. Like I have a road warrior and I have a, my, my veggie burrito and a road warrior consists of a, 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 a an orange rockstar recovery. So, and then it, it's, I mix it with diet Mountain Dew and a little bit of vanilla and oh my gosh, it's amazing. It's so good. Like, <laughs> I know it's sleep after that, right? You're like bounce off the wall for two more days. <laughs> What's what's crazy? Then a whole other topic I, is I have ADD, so it actually calms me down. Like I can drink a rock star before bed and I'm out. Right. Like, I'm just gone. So that's like when I get home from a long trip, my road warrior and my veggie burrito. I'm like, yeah. Oh, and then man, I that's can like. Awesome. That's awesome. All right, Josh. Listen, man. I am so grateful for your time with us, man. This is so awesome. I really, really appreciate everything you're doing for the industry. Keep doing it. Keep don't stop, man. And then I'm definitely gonna run into you eventually. And uh, we will share a veggie burrito. We figure out how to get a veggie burrito together. We're going to do it. Next time you and I are together, laugh, lend, and eat. We're going to eat a veggie burrito together. But, man, I want to I just throw it back to you, Fabi. Congratulations and kudos to you for those that you're inspiring, for those that you're, you're bringing on your show. Because, again, you never know when you have the opportunity to motivate. And every single one of us have that moment where, you know, maybe I say something and it doesn't resonate with somebody, but you say something and it does. So putting yourself out there, getting, getting uncomfortable, taking the time because you and I both know it takes so much time to dedicate yourself to doing something like this. Right. So I'm super proud of you. I'm okay. honored and humbled that you would have me on your show. And, and again, just I'm grateful for the opportunity. So thank you so very thank much. Thank you so much, Josh. Thank you. And we'll be talking. Okay. All right, man. All right, brother. Take care.